Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Mike Thomas, Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me personally out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Wakelet at Bearded Tech Ed, or you can go to my website, beardedtechedguy.com. You can also find this podcast in our blog on our internal MySPS page if you are a Springfield Public Schools teacher. So just a couple of announcements today. If, in case you've missed it, the latest blog post is out and it's all about H5P. Now you might be saying, I feel like I've heard about this before. Well, H5P is a tool that allows you to integrate interactive technology into your class pages so that your students get practice at using interactive tools and it also helps you liven up your online classroom environment. H5P is free. It's pretty easy to create content. They have directions for the 30 to 40 different types or so. The one downside that we do see to it is that you can't embed this content into any of your quizzes. So if you're using it in your classroom, it's more for your interactive daily classroom work. If you pay for some of the H5P's premium stuff, you get the ability to get some analytics with it, but it all goes back to how you want to use it. This blog post walks you through how to do it in our learning management system, so Unified Classroom, but the same is true for any type of website-based program. In case you missed it, Immersive Reader is into a lot of our favorite tools and apps. So check out the show notes for the link, and that link will give you a list of all the places you can find Immersive Reader, which includes Nearpod, Flipgrid, Wakelet, Minecraft, Wonderopolis, Buncee, Teams, There's just so many places. The link will be in our show notes, the AKA link, so you can find out the latest things. For those of you who don't know, Immersive Reader is an amazing tool. It helps increase fluency for English language learners or readers from any language, helps build confidence for emerging readers to learn reading at higher levels, offers text decoding solutions for students with learning differences such as dyslexia, It also provides translation of words or the entire text into over 60 languages, out of which 40 can be read aloud. So four-sixths of all the languages in the Immersive Reader can be read out loud. Some new things that they've added is some enhanced dictation. There's a focus mode, font and spacing, parts of speech, syllabification. They can even read aloud math and the translation is real time so that it happens almost immediately. In all these tools that I mentioned before, especially with Wakelet is where I've seen it the most recently, they have the ability to translate anything into these 40 languages that can be read out loud, 60 total languages that they can work with. This tool is amazing and they just continue to add and add and add to where you can find Immersive Reader. What's great though, is with Immersive Reader, it's all provided through Azure, which for some of you, you're like, I don't know what an Azure is. Um, It's part of a major cloud provider and it will help with the reading technology. If there's any apps or tools that you like using that does not have Immersive Reader in it, 
you can actually send them this AKA link that I'm gonna put in the show notes, which will help them get started and putting it into their site. So, Microsoft has made this something that they want everywhere because it's an amazing tool and anyone who has used it can vouch for just how great it is. Coming up next is our interview of the week. For this week's interview of the week, I met with Sarah Varnakis. I hope I'm at least pronouncing that correctly. I'm sure you'll hear it again in from her words, how it's pronounced correctly, but I did my best. For those of you listening, you don't know how many takes that just took, but it was a lot. And she's doing a lot of great things in the classroom, and I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview. So check it out. My name is Sarah Vernauskas. I am currently at Alice B. Beal Elementary School in Springfield. I am a fourth grade teacher here. I've been teaching in the district for seven years now. I've been in fifth grade, second grade, and third grade. So fourth grade is the next step. (laughs) (laughs) You've only got two more grades before you hit them all, I think. I know. I think that I need to start looking into that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So early on in your teaching time, were you at Liberty the whole time? Yes. And so you bounced around grade to grade. It sounds like from there. Um, What kind of technology did you start out using in the classroom? So I barely used technology when I started because I didn't really have any training in the technology department. Um, We were given... Um, a projector. And that was pretty much my extent of using technology with the kids because even most of their tests weren't even online yet. Everything was pretty much out of the books, um, using paper handouts that were copied in the morning. And that was pretty much the extent of using technology for my first year of teaching. So how long did that last before you started to be able to go beyond a projector in the classroom? So I ventured out probably my next year when I was moved to third grade. Um, It was a little bit easier for me to jump into their curriculum, and we started using some of the smaller parts of technology. We were using um, some padlets, which were online sticky notes for the kids. We were using Skype a lot with different countries to go along with some of the books we were reading. We read uh, read across Um, America. So we did those global read-alouds with those other countries. We started using a lot of the vocabulary songs so that the kids could really understand the concepts. Um, So those were like the next steps that we started using that year. I have a lot more going on now that I've (laughs) been getting used to it for the last seven years. So... (laughs) So in those early years, you were talking about doing the global read aloud. Can you explain that more? Because that's, I think, a newer concept for a lot of people who are listening is the what it is. So I was collaborating with our technology teacher in my past school, and we decided that we really wanted to incorporate more reading with the kids. And it's basically where you just read the book aloud to them. They enjoy it. We um, ask them comprehension questions, make sure that they understand what they're reading about so that we can Skype with other schools that are reading the same book. So it could be in the same district. It could be within the state. It could be outside of the state. And we even got as far as Skyping with the BFG in England. So we got to talk about how the England um, students had to wear their uniforms and all the things that kind of went along with the BFG and they got to hear their accents and they were so thrilled about that. So it was really cool to be able to read the same book as other schools are in different places so that the kids could really talk with them and understand the book more with the other students. 
So you would say that that really kind of helped with just encouraging them to read because I being an elementary teacher in Springfield for as long as I have been I know that getting students to read is always challenging do you found did you find that this the global read aloud like really encouraged them to like not just you reading but like them reading also and better comprehension of what they're reading oh definitely I think that they even the books that we are reading, they were starting to check them out of the library, bring them into the school. They wanted to read the same book we are reading so that they could catch up with the chapters again to talk with the other kids. They really enjoyed just making the projects we were making with the other kids, even though they were not in the same school as us. We got to share our activities through Skype and it made them really become stronger readers because they were practicing at home. They were practicing during independent reading time at school. And just applying it to the comprehension um, with the other students through Skyping was just amazing. So with all the books that you did, it sounds like BFG was the most popular because it was a completely different country. Yeah, I think that it was definitely the most interesting for them because the vocabulary in BFG is nonsense words. So they really thought that was pretty cool and talking with the um students in england they were wondering if they were actually real words that they used and they found out that they weren't but it was um a really good time to have i don't know they just loved it so much and that was probably my favorite book we did with the kids that's awesome so that's global read aloud and then you were also talking about integrating technology slowly and when do you feel like you finally like kind of hit your groove with what you wanted the students to be doing in the classroom and the technology being able to catch up and meet that. I think that I really started incorporating it a lot more and understanding the different pieces when we started getting Brightspace in our schools. That was one of the main technology-based programs we used for all their lessons. They easily accessed everything online. I used it for pretty much everything. So now I'm currently figuring out how to use <laughs> Unify Classroom and understanding the ropes of that. So um, because it's just as easy once you get to understand it. The kids are have easily, um, they can easily access the materials on Unify just like they did in Brightspace. That was one of the, t- that's when I realized that I could really do technology in the classroom and have everything basically be easily accessible online for students so that they wouldn't lose anything. Yes, that's a huge, <laughs> huge thing. I remember students always being like, I can't find this. I can't find that. Yes. I don't know where my book is. Yes. Where my notes are. Exactly. And now this year we're using OneNote a lot more. Mm -hmm. As I'm learning Unified, I'm using OneNote as well because it just gives them the scaffolding they need to keep themselves organized and then to transition um, that organizational technology into the kind of organization that they make in their minds. So it's just really nice to be able to view their notebook separately and to know that I can differentiate super easy on Mm -hmm. OneNote. So so here at Beale, um, and we jumped into what we're doing, some of the stuff you're doing mm-hmm. right now. Are you guys departmentalized or do you teach all subjects? How is so, that working? Certain, certain classrooms te- are de- departmentalized. I'm currently teaching all the subjects. So, and that includes incorporating the technology into each of those subjects. I'm doing reading, writing, math, science, social studies, um, interventions with the kids. I'm pretty much in charge of all that. Because you were talking about helping the students stay organized. And that kind of executive function is always, especially at this age, when 
they need that structure. You're using OneNote and you're using Unified Classroom. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, Unified Classroom, every class has its own place where there's a math, there's a reading, there's a, right. all that. For OneNote, how are you doing that? Is it just one giant notebook? Is it five notebooks that they have? So currently right now, I actually only have three right now. I have reading, writing, and math just to get started with. I'm going to expand it into science because I'll be working with the science teacher on that because we trade days. We mm -hmm. She comes in two days a week and I teach for the other three. They are easily able to just see what notebook they are going into, whatever subject we're um, working on at the time. And they can easily just get right into their notebooks and everything's labeled for them. They have quizzes, handouts, certain texts they need to be close reading. Quizzes I do right on there for vocabulary. And it's so cool because then later on I could just go home, not have to bring any papers home with me mm -hmm. and just grade it right on OneNote. Yeah, I know OneNote is like from when I switched positions from being full-time in the classroom to what I'm doing now. I learned, that's when I learned about OneNote and I'm like... Gosh, dang it. Why? Mm -hmm. Why did I not know about this sooner? Because I, I would have the same thing. There would be a lot less paper and a lot less work that I have to go home. Because when I taught English, I don't know if you do this at all, but I really was closely aligned with the Fontes and Pinnell reading yes. and writing. It's a giant, thick book. Yep. But in there, they talk <laughs> about the students having like their own reading notebooks and you're writing letters back and forth about what they're reading. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would judge if they were doing their homework or not, because I would assign them to read at home. Yes. And so by those letters were the ways that I could judge it. If I ever got behind, I'm now taking 30, 40 notebooks home exactly. trying to catch up. And now I could easily catch up in one note without breaking my back. Yes, that's exactly what I do as well. I just bring it home. Uh, my, all I have to do is bring my computer home with me. If I have any rubrics, I'll bring those with me too. But you can up, upload the rubrics right onto OneNote too. So that's even less. Um, but now the kids have been able to bring the computers home. Mm -hmm. So I've been noticing that they're actually working on some of the work that they didn't finish in class at home well, without me awesome. having to tell them. So they've been working on that. That is awesome, especially with the take-home project that the district is yes. undertaking. So one more question about OneNote, yes. just because I love OneNote and I promote it. Any chance <laughs> I get, and you mentioned that you do have a math notebook. Yes. Did you turn off the math tools? Um, No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Have the students found it yet? No, and that's why. <laughs> they have figured out that they can write, write into the notebooks, and then they can replay what they've... Mm -hmm. shown if they're showing an equation they can just recheck their work as it's playing again and they can even explain it through like recording their voice mm -hmm. which is really cool but no we haven't done that yet <laughs> yeah it's an awesome tool yes. don't get me wrong but probably distracting <laughs> yeah especially because it will solve the problems for them yeah and, and then they, explain it yeah and we don't need any of that they already i've already had past <laughs> things with uh calculators at home and you're like where's all your work yep <laughs> so on the calculator yep so one of the things this year in elementary, there has been a new math curriculum. When I was teaching, it was, I don't remember what it was before, Envision. Envisions, yep. And then... Addison Wesley, Investigations. Maybe it was investigate. <laughs> like when I came in, they were just making the transition. And so we were a pilot school for Envisions. I know this year moved completely to Ready Common Core. Yes. How has that been making that jump? Because they're already doing iReady, is it... Has it been a big jump for them or? 
So, so far what I've noticed, I, I really like it as a teacher because I'm able to access everything right in the teacher toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can see their sentence starters and everything on the PowerPoint slides for discussions. And it's so cool because I don't have to write them out anymore. They're right there for me. Um, I love the PowerPoints, though, because it helps you guide it, guide through it. The kids catch on really quickly. I noticed that their comprehension checks uh, are worded a little differently and that they have to answer more than one question sometimes. And they have to really think through it and solve each problem before really saying, oh, I'm done. Because that's what we like to do. We like to be quickly done with everything. But um, so far, it's really been correlating with their lessons. It's showing me who's struggling, what they need to work on in small groups. So, um, and that's another thing. I don't have to take anything home with me, really, because I can do all their checks right online. Mm -hmm. And I can have access to everything right from home. Their first scores weren't so great, but hopefully we'll get going with that Mm -hmm. because they're getting a lot more used to it now than they... Right. And I also remember because I think we also had they were green at the time. I can see on the kids desk there. Mm -hmm. They look a lot more fun than the ones that we had, which were green and very (laughs) dull looking. Um, But I remember that it being very wordy. Yes. And a lot of questions were like to get to the point of the question, you had to really like read and dissect it. Is that still the same case, or? Um, I think that they get to work. They get to collaborate a lot more together. For instance, like one of the triads in there, it actually helps you see as a teacher if they already understand the concept or if it's like fresh mm-hmm. to some of them. So I like to see what they're doing. I like how we have to sequentially like order their work to show the other students for discussions. Um, it really helps others to kind of like. I don't know, get some spark going and helping. Oh, yeah, that's how I was supposed to do it. I feel like some of the questions are more about how they answered the question or what strategies they would rather use. So it's a lot better because they get to choose the strategy that they're using. There's nothing saying they have to use an algorithm or they have to use um, tiles for something. It's Mm -hmm. all choice. Right. So I think that's really been helping a lot of my students that have been struggling with certain strategies that they need to do so they use strategies they've already known how to use so i'm looking around your room and i see mojo you have an actual mojo in the classroom (laughs) so are you a class dojo ambassador or not an ambassador yet i'm interested in trying to find that out but i am the mentor um on class dojo at beal i've been helping a lot of the teachers get um acquainted with it and a lot of the teachers now are using it with fidelity i love it it's one of my favorite things about parent communication and positive reinforcement so springfield is very heavy into the pbis how does dojo work with pbis because i know that with it you can give points you can Mm -hmm. take points away so with pbis i'm actually the chairperson of pbis here (laughs) i um you just jumped right in. I did. I did. Moving schools, you're going to jump in and sign up for everything. That's where I, w- I was doing the chairperson um, gig at Liberty, too. And then they just kind of pushed me into it over here because we didn't have it before mm-hmm. this year. So we're slowly starting to incorporate it into our building. Um, but when you're using Dojo with PBIS, you can't take away points technically mm-hmm. because you're trying to positively reinforce, not take away. So if someone is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you award the people that are to hopefully change their perspective and their behavior on the situation. Once they earn certain points in my classroom, I do a school store 
mm-hmm. and where they can buy coupons, um, pencils, certain things that they can spend whenever they want. They don't have to spend it every time they come to the school store, but they also are now going to be able to pay for events, monthly events in our school. Mm-hmm. So the one that's coming up at the end of October is um, Crazy Hat and Crazy Hair Day. So they're mm-hmm. right now saving up for that. I remember Class Dojo, when they when we first started using it in my classroom before it was like adopted mm-hmm. school-wide and then um, district-wide, there were a lot of great growth mindset lessons. Like, do you use any of those or? Yeah, actually at the beginning of this year and past years, I start off with the growth mindset videos and have discussions mm-hmm. about what that means and how Mojo doesn't give up and he perseveres through things. So this is how they can do it as well. Making sure that they understand that their brain is a a muscle that might need a break, but they can persevere through it and be able to make it stronger. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those lessons I send out right to the parents as well so that they can see what we're learning about through Mm -hmm. Class Dojo and they can rewatch it at home. It's pretty cool. That is. One of the things I've heard, I don't, I haven't actually watched them myself yet, but they also have like a writing aspect too. Yes. Like, have you checked that out at all? I haven't or? really done the writing part of it, but I have done the conundrums okay. where they That's can. That's new. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. There's a class dojo conundrum where they, they have a discussion based on, based on something where they have to choose between one thing or the other and explain why it's the better choice. And some of them are actually pretty fun and stuff. Like they have the Mona Lisa and they mm-hmm. talk about like what you would do if... And then they just kind of give them the sentence starter and then they get to decide how they would um, solve the problem or talk things through. So Nice. So there's a lot of things that you're doing right now. What are some things that you're looking forward to trying in the classroom? So I'm really excited to start using the CS for All initiative in my classroom um, where we bring computer science to all students. And this class is actually going to be my guinea pig for a new unit that my partner and I have created that they're going to be using Scratch to code a story about a historical figure who has failed and succeeded after failing. And they're going to be able to choose their own ending using the Makey Makey to bring them to life. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so they're going to be my guinea pig. Like this week I'm starting. This week. Yeah, this week. So with that, are you doing? Have you done any pre-teaching to Scratch? Because I know these guys are fourth graders. I don't know if when they were third graders, because that when we started mm-hmm. last year, like they had some exposure. So have you done any pre-teaching with Scratch, letting them kind of play play around and try things out? And so I haven't done that yet because the first part of our unit is unplugged, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be able to um, use Scratch to explore the different videos on how to create it. I'm going to be giving them how to code certain things um, with the re- repetition and the looping. So we're going to be talking about that um, probably at the very beginning of next week so that they can have all their writing already done with their brainstorming templates, and then they're going to jump right into Scratch. Nice. So. I'm excited to see how they do because they've never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know they haven't heard of it? Did you ask them or? Yeah, I showed them a video of it and explained about coding and to see how many Mm -hmm. of them are familiar with coding and um, not many are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have never heard of Scratch at all. So I showed them a video. They're so excited about it. Just going to ask that. (laughs) So excited. They're like, this is so cool. So we're gonna see how they react to it when they actually get to get on the website Mm -hmm. very cool 
You're part of the CS for all, so that's coming up. Yes. You're getting used to using Unified Classroom. It sounds like you're one of the few people who actually use Brightspace to its full <laughs> potential. Yes. And you're using OneNote. What about for like student presentations? Are you using anything for that or... Right now, we haven't really gotten into the presentation mode of things, but I have in the past used PowerPoint, which is something that they're really familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, I've used Sway in the past as well, which um, is hard to share, Yeah. but it is really cool to see what they create with um, the captions that they put, the pictures. So we've done that in the past. This year, I'm hoping to learn a little bit more about different kinds of presentations, but I'm going to probably start off with the PowerPoint first. And then I'm hoping that once we get going and use the Scratch and CS for All initiative program, I'm hoping that um, they can show us what how their stories came out for Scratch too, mm -hmm. how they coded it. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your more of your time. We are in the middle of the day. Um, so my final question since you've been teaching in the district for a while now, mm -hmm. if you had the chance to stand up in front of the new to the district hires, whether they're fresh out of college mm -hmm. or that they've been teaching in other districts and then came to Springfield because we're awesome, yes. what advice <laughs> would you give? And it doesn't have to be related to technology. It could be... Yeah, mine is not actually. Mine um, is something hard for me too, but I've found that it's really helpful. Accept help whenever it is offered because you can't do it all at once or all alone. And teachers are always handed new curriculums, new students, new colleagues, new strategies to teach the kids. So make sure to have an open mind and don't forget to take time for yourself. That's very true. So thank you again. This has been great chatting with you. And thank you so much we'll for be, having we'll me. We'll be excited to see any photos or pictures that you have. So. Great. Thank you so much. again Sarah for the awesome interview that you just gave to us and I hope that you guys learned a lot out of how her classroom works and how she's integrating technology and all the amazing things that she's doing in the classroom. Uh, listeners I just want to thank you again for spending some time with me today and spending some time with the SPS Digital Learning Hour. As we continue to grow we would love for you to find us on your favorite podcast player whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, Wherever you listen to us, if you can give us a rating, leave us a review, it'd be very much appreciated. That's how we can help spread what we're doing here in Springfield to the greater world. Also, if you liked what you heard today, make sure that you share it out there in all the social media land. Tag us when you do. We would love to see who you're sharing it with, and hopefully we can continue to reach teachers, not just here in Springfield, but all around the world as we are doing amazing things here and we'd love to share them out. If you know of a teacher who would be a great person to interview for this podcast, encourage you to message us, leave us some notes, let us know who we should flatter so that we can get them onto the podcast. We love talking with teachers. We love going out and visiting with them. And so if you've got any great ideas of who it should be, or even if it's you and you are doing some great things in the classroom, we'd love to hear about it. You just got to let us know. So again, as we wrap up today, I just want to thank you. I'm Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour.